0: Welcome to Climbing the Pocket Network's In the Huddle, where your favorite Climbing the Pocket personalities get together and talk all things Minnesota Vikings.
1: We are back. We are live. We are experiencing technical difficulties, but we are going to ride (laughs) through this thing. Football is almost back. The teams are coming back to the facilities, which means the arguments are kicking off on social media. So we had to get the whole crew back together so we could chop it up, so we could talk about some things. Well, yeah, I guess I should introduce myself. It's been a minute. My name's Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. And we're just going to go through it real quick. And then we're going to jump in. My man, the good doctor, the most hated man on Vikings Twitter, (laughs) Dr. Eric Eager. How you doing how you been
0: I, i'm wonderful i mean look there the, the summer's been great uh i was i was complaining to nick about uh how much work there is to do which is a good thing um i'm excited that you know even though you know things are weird uh we're probably gonna have a football season we probably even have preseason games uh next month um and Uh, And we have, uh, you know, we have the Vikings coming up. And the Vikings uh, are nothing uh, if not uh, a a fun topic this time of year.
1: love it. I love it. I love it. Hope springs eternal at this time of year. Nick, I'm just letting you know, given the makeup of our our group today, you are the representative for the Vikings fandom. You are here to (laughs) let your Homer flag fly. Because okay. you know these other gentlemen, they've 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 been a bit uh, realistic, as they might call it, pessimistic, as others might say. But Nick, you are a man of the people. Even when you're not with us on Twitter, you're you shit posting on Reddit and Discord and all the other places Vikings fans can be found. The most wholesome man on Vikings Twitter,
2: Nick Olson. How you doing? How you been? I'm good. You know, if I'm the lawyer here, I'm happy to represent the people of Vikings Twitter versus Dr. Eric Eagle. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <to> get going. <laughs> there we go. Oh my no, but I mean, the last... Vikings The Vikings are always fun, but it's been a crazy week between the, the Rogers drama, D.D. Westbrook, everything else that's been going on. D.D. Westbrook on, so... killed the salary cap.
0: Like, the cap no longer matters. <laughs> and, like, think about this. Like, he of knows... all the people that, that have been, like, uh, sequestered, you know, the... Uh, succumb to the salary cap dd westbrook broke through
1: broke through and i know flip's happy that's a perfect segue because all season long flip's been telling us that like we don't need a dd and here we are we got a dd westbrook (laughs) flip is this tajay sharp 2.0 or is this something different but I guess we I mean, need to get to that. Before we get to all that, Flip, how are you doing? Before I get you fired up talking about Wide Receiver 3, how are you doing? How you been? I follow you on Instagram. I feel like every week you're in another place that I can't afford to go to. What's it like living life you know, up there on the level of one Flip
3: Mozzie? Oh, it's pretty good, man. But it's also good to be back with the crew. You know, we got Mary. It's been too long, Mary. We got Raymond. We got the fans in the comments. So it's good to be back. August is always a crazy month when you're a Minnesota Vikings football fan. And uh, it's really, it's honestly been that way for the last four years because no one knows what the F is about to go down. (laughs) Will we even make it to week one with the roster intact? And if we do... How do we look, you know, going week one against the Cincinnati Bengals? So I'm excited. I'm excited to kick this thing off. All
1: right. So let's jump right in. Let's jump into one of the things that uh, it caused a bit of, of a stir, a bit of fun, I think, for us to kind of kick around and discuss things. When we were talking to show notes, David was like, ordinal rankings. What does like what are we talking about? <laughs> what are we doing here? But it's something that comes up often, I think, when we talk about the Vikings, and especially when we talk about Kirk Cousins, which, um, I mean, there's a funny thing that happens. It doesn't matter what you post about the Vikings. Somebody will take it as a slight against Kirk Cousins and come in to tell you where Kirk Cousins ranks amongst quarterbacks in the NFL. And saying that Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback is something that Vikings fans will often say. It's something Nick has said on this very show. Eric, you've taken umbrage with Ordinal Rankings. And so I would like you just to take a moment to maybe explain why telling us where Kirk Cousin ranks just from like 1 to 10, 1 to 15, 1 out of 32, doesn't actually tell us as much as maybe we think it does. And then Nick, obviously as the representative, representative of the people, I will give you the next word to kind of hop in and and, and give your side of this conversation.
0: Yeah, I mean, so on uh, about a month ago on my podcast, if you have a forecast, George asked me uh, uh, on a whim to rank quarterbacks. Um, and, and to much to flips, uh, I think, uh, consternation. I did it the only way I sort of know how to, which is to say, how much does each quarterback add or subtract to the betting total? Um, the betting, you know, the spread, and um, we have a model, it's right there. Like, the fact that people were so surprised that I believe this was interesting because, like, we I literally have these posted on pff.com, like, and I have had it for like the whole offseason, and so, like, I had, and this is again the difference between like ratings and rankings. Because if, if a, a rating is like a number, so like for example, I have Patrick Mahomes, if he were to be out for a game against Kansas City and you would replace him with like Taylor Heineke, it would be worth eight and a half points to the point spread. You see what I'm saying? I have him like a point better than a combination of Wilson, Rodgers, and Brady, all of whom I have at seven and a half points better. So like those three guys, I have to somehow rate, right? Or I have to somehow rank, even though I sort of think that they're all kind of the same. You know, So down the list a little bit, there are Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and Derek Carr, who I all have within about a half a point with of each other. Um, and there are three players who I have at the same rating. So I, I think if you take Kirk Cousins off the Vikings, it's worth about five and a half points to the points, but it's almost an entire touchdown. I have the same rating for Mayfield and Jackson for different reasons, but that's what I had. And so I, I, I just had like, I had, I picked cousins out of those three as the, like in the, uh, you know, just to say, I said his name first. And like that ended up being this idea that Kirk was the, in my mind, the like, which again, I don't have a problem with because he is like the eighth next person if you choose it that way. But I have him, I had him somewhere between, you know, seven and and 11. 11. Yeah. And I don't, and I think that that's a very fair rating of him. I think Nick will agree. I don't know if Flip will agree anymore, but <laughs> I I do think that if you take the Viking, if you take Kirk cousins off the Vikings in a random game and put in, you know, uh, Jake Browning, like it is about a touchdown to the point spread. So like, and, and there aren't that many quarterbacks. Like if you take, th- this is a question. If you take Jared Goff off of the Lions, what's the change to the point spread? Three and a half. Yeah, I I, say, I think our number say it's three. I think Tannehill's three and a half. That's where I'm a little bit – because I've never seen Tannehill play well without a great offensive coordinator. I've seen Cousins play well without a great offensive coordinator. So I have him a little higher, even though Tannehill's played better over the last couple of years – or played as well, let's say, over the past couple of years. I have Stafford at four, which is the same number, by the way, I have is for Flamus Winston. And I just – I went by those ratings – and there are rookies who I have a little lower because we haven't seen them before. There's uncertainty there, but Cousins, you have a humongous set of data that says that on a per game basis, he—if you take him out and put in incompetence—it's going to have an effect on the team that's actually sizable. The 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 I think that this is still compatible with the idea and the and the 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 opinion I've espoused over the last three years, which is. He's still not good enough necessarily to win a Super Bowl making what he's making. Like I, I think that those are compatible. I don't know. like that that seems to be where the confusion has
1: come from. So Nick, you now have the unenviable task Raymond. of stepping in to defend uh, how Eric, who has Kirk Cousins ranked higher than some of the <laughs> staunchest Kirk Cousins defenders on Vikings Twitter, <laughs> is somehow seen as a Kirk hater, though Eric has Kirk at eight and others might have Kirk as like merely top 10 or like in some even 11th. Uh, How is it that those things don't match up? And what is it that you've been seeing of late that maybe makes you feel that Kirk is again being disrespected because I know that, you know, you started on one side and then swung to the other because you felt that your public opinion had shifted too far away from where Kirk actually was. Where are we now? And is Kirk again at a place where he is being disrespected? And does Kirk being a top 10 quarterback, what does that actually mean? Like, does it mean he's elite? Does it mean that he's great? That's a great question from miles. What does that actually mean in terms of how good he is or what tier of quarterback season?
2: Yeah, a lot to unpack there. I think, you know, obviously Kirk is not in the same tier as the elite guys. He's not a Mahomes guy. He's not going to carry a team on his back all by himself. I do think he can elevate the level of play of guys around. You know, he's a really accurate quarterback. He's a really smart quarterback. He takes care of the football. Those are things that elevate the team around him. But, you know, he's not Tom Brady uh, he, stylistically, maybe, he might be similar to a Drew Brees type, but he's not Drew Brees, or at least he's not prime Drew Brees. Uh, now that Brees is out of the league. So is he top 10? That means something, you know, it's a, it's a game of, uh, there's 32 teams in the NFL. You have a better quarterback than 20 of them. That puts you in a pretty good spot. Still, you're, you're still at banking on a lot of lo- things to go right to win Super Bowl. So that's, that's where I think it's tough. Um, I, I think maybe one point of, Things that I'm still struggling with, and this gets back to the big Fred Warner debate we had last week when the 49ers extended him, um, is is the opportunity cost of the, of, the, of the cap space that you have to spend. Because the big problem, I think, with a lot of the people who say, like, yeah, Kirk is good, but the but there is always, you know, look at how much they're, they're paying him. To me, you know, like, the quarterback is the most important position in football. You want to invest in it. You want to invest, whether that's draft capital or whether that's cap space. What I still struggle with is, like, yeah, you know, the Vikings are paying Kirk what, like, thirty-one million dollars a year on average. It'll maybe he will get bumped up to like thirty-five. That's the going rate of quarterbacks right now. Um, that's a lot of cap space. That you know, that's what, like, fifteen percent of the cap right now. So that's like, I'm not saying that's not a small cost, but but I I think you're still getting. Um, a big return on investment there with your cap dollar. You know, you're better off spending thirty five million dollars on Kirk Cousins than I don't know spending twenty million on on uh, on a you know Anthony Barr and fifteen million on whoever. I, it, it's tough to think of, um, like like yes, there's there's two things going on here. One is that it's really hard to win a Super Bowl, and when. There are seven quarterbacks in the league who are like several tiers above Kirk Cousins. <laughs> hey, Miles. <laughs> in the NFL. In. You, you, you've Miles got, lock, here. You, can
1: Miles hear us, though? Like, how does this
2: work? Because I know we've
1: tried this before <laughs> with Nick. Like, Miles, can you hear us? Or do we just Let's get just to like... Miles. Miles. But like, works. Nick, Nick, can we Miles, can we come back to this idea, though? Because I think the You're issue
0: is right. the, that when you look at this from like a surplus value standpoint,
1: and again, this isn't something that like...
0: yes. Can, can you guys yeah. hear
1: Miles? All yeah. right. We can hear Miles. Miles cannot hear us. But Eric yeah. is responding to Nick's piece. David, when it's time for me to throw it to Miles, I will just tell you what to tell Miles cuz we got to get his thoughts on DD Westbrook. But well, we got oh, a couple yeah. segments between now and then. <laughs> so, Eric, respond and then flip jump in because I, I, I can I can feel you over there like you're ready to get in this conversation about yep. kind of
0: Kirk like, How long have we been well, talking just,
3: about this dude for?
0: Yeah, I just I just want to say that I think that the I think the tricky thing is is that the difference between Kirk and the, the Kirk is probably half as valuable is as, as like Aaron Rodgers at his best, Patrick Mahomes at his best, Tom Brady is best. So when you think about like like I can and, hear and again, you guys, you guys it's,
2: just, it's late as fuck. Uh,
0: <laughs> you guys don't have to you guys don't have to worry about this, but it's like it's about not, it's worth about nine million dollars per quarterback per win above replacement. So if Kirk if Kirk is two and a half war, then he his value to the team is about you know two and a half war. So you're looking at like twenty five ish million dollars, right? So and, and if he's paid that, that's great, David. right? If he's paid thirty five, he's actually a negative to the team. Whereas a guy like Brady, who's worth like four or five wins, now you're talking about forty five million. And if he's paid that the going rate, he's a surplus value, and, and it's literally like I yeah. think that the issue is is that the sensitivity to brilliance at the quarterback position is so much. Like I, it's both sides. If the Vikings played a terrible quarterback in Kirk's place, they're a three win team. But I don't. But it's asymmetric. Like I don't think Kirk can double his value and get into that Brady conversation. Which again, going from Brady from Kirk to Brady is an extra like Anthony Barr on top of it's like you don't even have to make the choice of getting rid of them it's you get that quarterback and Anthony Barr you know what I'm saying and like that's that's like what I that's what I worry about as far as like the the conversation I think is is like we just I don't know if we truly appreciate like the difference between what it means to be the eighth best quarterback and what it means to be like the second best quarterback
1: all right flip final word on this before we get into some of the more recent news to come out about our vikings also flip uh, i'm not sure if you're also looking at twitter but ali has just said um he just realized that you look like jamal crawford so i'm
3: not sure what really to do with that (laughs) but i figured
1: i would pass the information along uh are you any good at basketball
3: well i mean they did ask me to to get over to uh Tokyo and help out the u.s team because (laughs) they're struggling Mm -hmm. they're They're struggling but no here i mean look i get the value conversation i get the ranking conversation why people like to have it for where we are in august this shit does not matter it, it doesn't mean anything. When you tell me Kirk is an, the 8th best quarterback or the 12th best quarterback, that doesn't actually change anything about what the Vikings are going to do in 2021. If Kirk is the 8th best quarterback, there's no opportunity to get a quarterback that's better than him right now. If he's the 15th best quarterback, same thing. So when we post these stats, it's not about trying to figure out whether Kirk is good or not. It's about trying to figure out what Kirk needs to do differently to improve his game. Or how can the Vikings, how can we define Kirk's strengths and have the Vikings use those strengths in a way that ends up with a better Vikings product on the field winning games? If you're just here to to not try to figure out how this team is going to win games, if you're just here to say Kirk is a number on this list and that makes me feel good or bad, then you're really just, you know, wasting your time with these conversations because again, there is no other option than Kirk right now. It's not like we're saying that quarterback number 20 is gonna, is going to be easier to replace than quarterback number eight right now, because it's Kirk no matter what. And here in August, we're a month away, where all these rankings, all these projections, are going to go straight out the window because our thoughts of which quarterbacks are good or which quarterbacks are bad change on a weekly basis, and that especially applies to Kirk Cousins. So let's all just right. like either have a productive debate or let's move jump on in and, then. And so it doesn't matter.
1: Let's jump in because let's, one but, of the things think, that often comes up yeah. in uh, in this in this Kirk debate in this Kirk conversation is the offensive line. And it wouldn't be a Vikings offseason if some way, somehow, something related to the offensive line didn't make it into the news. So, Nick, we'll start with you on this one. You know, man of the people, but mostly because you're also a lawyer. Um, (laughs) Yes. What is it that we should make of the story that was broken initially by Courtney Cronin, that Denison was out as Vikings offensive line coach, and then maybe he wasn't out. And then there was, it looks like some, you know, some shade being thrown around in the local media. And then Dennison is still with the team, but he's no longer the offensive line coordinator. Nick, help us make sense of this. And then, yeah, guys, I guess, how do we expect this to play out?
2: Uh, <laughs> There's this beautiful, beautiful move there.
1: And David has just put this wonderful picture of, of Denison on top of Nick's face. It is a little disconcerting, but we will jump in. Nick, give us your thoughts.
2: Yeah, it's it's an interesting situation, and it's tough. I mean, the Vikings were really in a bind because the NFL, the way the Tier 1 status works is – if you aren't vaccinated, you lose your tier one and tier two status. You can't be like in the same room as the players or the coaches. You can't go to meetings. You can't be on the on the field. You are basically a Zoom coach, and you know Zoom coach isn't really a coach, right? So, I mean, Dennis, they're not gonna like you know if, you know force Denison to get to get vaccinated you know against his will or anything, but they you you can't. to to not even get into like the competitive disadvantage of putting your other players health at risk, putting your competitive, you know, players can't play. If you have a COVID outbreak, you could be forced to forfeit a game. So to not even get into that, um, to have a a coach who can't be in the lock, you know, who can't, do the coaching points because he's not able to be there uh, hands-on with the players. Like you, you just can't, I don't care how good of a coach you are. If you can't be hands-on with the players, you can't be a coach. So they were um, able today to, Nick, to work out something.
1: Nick, you're um, making a very, very important point here, but um, it, it, we, we've, we have yet another time here on Twitter where, where someone is not being very nice and this time it's, it's CTP on CTP crime. We have Drew saying he would much rather see Dennison. Plastered over your face than having to see you actually talking about your point. Oh
2: man! And wow. so,
1: yeah, I, I need, I, I mean, I need you to respond to Drew before you get back to what you were saying about Dennison because you know that's, I mean, you know that's just mean.
2: It's just mean. You know, early on, early on in my Twitter career, I was compared some two separate randos on Twitter compared me to Subway Jared. So since then, you know, <laughs> nothing can be worse than being, you know, like, oh wow, doesn't he look a little bit like Subway Jared? It's like, oh man, Jeez. so. I, uh, uh, you know, that's that's why that's why I got this wow. beard now, you know, because uh, hopefully the resemblance <laughs> isn't there as much anymore. <laughs> but, but <laughs> hey, hey,
3: don't let Drew talk to you like that. Drew, <laughs> Drew won't even do a live show; he's audio only. And it, I don't know if you've ever seen an, a radio host, but none of them are all. That uh, hey, I'm sorry. I
2: mean,
0: you know, there no there no Jamal Crawfords. I'll say that right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, man. Nick. I cut you off. Continue, continue, continue.
2: <laughs> no, so, but I'm glad they were able to look. Dennison has been good in the, I, I would say broadly, and I think a lot of fans would agree with this. Dennison has done some good things in the run game, the run game design. Um, they've been pretty effective run blockers. Um, considering the you know how green the offense you know it's a lot of young guys and you know Dakota Dozier's in the world so um they've been uh maybe a little impressive with the run game blocking and pretty unimpressive with the pass game blocking so but as bad as like Dennison is you never want to you know lose your offensive line coach the the day before training camp starts so this is a tough situation for the team to be in i'm glad they were able to keep him on as like a senior offensive advisor kind of um uh, what we saw um and a couple other coaches in the past do so uh with the vikings so uh, it sounds like they're gonna keep him on in like an advisory capacity he'll help with game planning maybe he'll continue to scheme up the run game and and think about the best ways to attack teams <laughs> thank you seth i he's appreciate a, that he's <laughs> reloader man fire <laughs> the guy
3: Sh- reloader
1: yeah eric does, does this matter did it affect the lines at all like a denison out uh, I guess not just from like the betting perspective, but as like, say, you know, in, in, in your, your, your day job, if you're modeling like the Vikings moving forward, is Dennison being pulled out of that and having an unknown going in or a kind of unknown? Does that affect your, 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 your outlook for the team?
0: So Dennison has, let me, I actually did this. So O line uh, continuity. Um, Denison here is the, uh, third, he, he, his offensive lines have been worth about a quarter of a win. Um, and that's like 30 something in the NFL during the PFF era, um, sort of contrast that with like Starneckia was about a win Stoutland, which is, uh, Eagles offensive line coach about a win Callahan, about which went with Stefanski to Cleveland about eight tenths of a win. So like, I mean. I don't think that he's like irreplaceable. I do know that it's every every offensive lineman that you don't have from a continuity standpoint from the previous year is worth about a quarter of a point to the point spread in games, right? So like I think when you look at like the com- the com- combination, Dennison's probably a- losing him's probably a negative, but having like I think right guard and left tackle having new players even if we believe that they're going to be good. Like, I, I think it's a special issue. Like if this was a veteran offensive line, I think that you could probably curb this better. The fact that they're depending likely on a, a rookie who has come down with an injury already, like, you know, he's, he's not starting out right away. And then Wyatt Davis, who I think we all like, but he's also coming in as a rookie at an interior offensive line, a position that's really hard to start an NFL career at, as we've seen numerous times with the Vikings. Like, like, I think those compound a little bit. Now, the betting markets have basically been bullish on the Vikings since I started tweeting about them. Like, I go in every single week and I update, like, our, um, you know, our picks or whatever. I update, like, where the betting markets are. And people, like, the Vikings win total went up even a little bit even after the Rodgers news. So, like, I don't think people are, like, People are not negative on the Vikings betting. I mean, the fact that their win total is nine is a little low, I think, per some Vikings fans, but it did open at eight and a half. And all it's done is gotten more expensive as the offseason has gone on.
3: I mean, it's Denison's just a creature of the pandemic, man. He's, uh, he's going to be doing Zoom meetings. He's going to be going to outdoor malls at 10 in the morning. He's going to be <laughs> taking those 3 p.m.
2: naps. Yeah, all the good get things your ass,
3: get your ass and he can, saw man. he saw what
2: gary was doing in retirement and was like man i want that too but also I he's living that check. Don capers life this year now yeah,
1: <laughs> i'd like my check but i'd also like not to come into the office <laughs> flip miles is gone and so we can't have the, the the back and forth the debate that i was hoping to have that would have been awkward anyway with the delay but i still want to go to you first i need you to talk to me about dd westbrook and how you feel about this addition to the team Because it's been months and months and months and months and months of you being very anti-Vikings add a player like Aditi Westbrook. But they got him. They got him for cheap. And so now that he's here, Nick's been posting some clips. It looks like the man can still play if he's healthy. What are your thoughts about this
3: addition? How it can help the team? Uh, My thoughts are that when he sucks, at least we only paid him a million dollars. So it was a good (laughs) deal. Good try. Hope so no best. no
1: no chance no chance that D.D. Westbrook is an impactful player for the Vikings this season, as far as you're concerned. I'll give it a ten percent chance. Oof. Wow. Okay. Well, okay. since you threw a percentage out, I got it. Doctor Eager, what 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 are you looking like? What are you expecting from D.D. Westbrook this year?
0: Uh, hold on. I have my fan. I have my projections here. Um, D.D. All right, the guy that broke the salary cap i have <laughs> the very same thing day day i'm with flip i guess like we i mean we don't have him like we have, we have him like double digit catches i guess like they haven't used a third wide receiver in forever like how do do we expect that to change do we expect a guy signed late july to completely change the complexion of their offense like i don't know i mean there is an opportunity there because they don't have i mean they're, they don't have rudolph anymore um but they'll probably still run a lot of 12 personnel. Right. So. Um, yeah.
2: um And Zim even yeah, said I, that today.
0: He was like, yeah, yeah 12, I mean, it's good to
2: have this guy, but we also really like Conklin. We're going to, we like our tight ends, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, I'm not, I don't think DD Westbrook is like this incredible game changer. I mean, he was like the Jaguars wide receiver six heading into camp last year. And that was a one win team. So that's, it's fair if folks want to like slow down the hype train a little bit at the same time. At the same time, like, I think, I think Westbrook's a good player. He's not like an amazing player, but I think he can be like a Jarius Wright level wide receiver three. He's really fast. Um, the big thing with him is he's never healthy, it's always like a million things with him, not just this latest ACL tear that he's still, re- I mean, that's why he wasn't signed until now, was this ACL tear last year. But, um, his shoulder was injured coming into camp last year. He's had all sorts of issues, and he, he's basically. He's like rail, rail thin, like hundred he's six foot, like 180 pounds or something, just like a twig. Um, so kind of like Alexander Hollins a little bit or like Jeff Bede, who like never really cracked the, fi- the final roster. Similar mold. But like, man, if he's healthy, he's a good route runner. He's um, extremely fast. Uh, he's got sub four, four speed. Um, he's got a lot of value as a punt returner. Uh, he's, you know, not only can he like secure the punt, which is the hardest thing about being a punt returner, Um, but he's really good after the catch or with the ball in his hands too. So I think the biggest thing I see for him is he's, I think the heavy favorite right now to be the punt returner and the Vikings punt. I mean, usually punt return is like, there's not a lot of edge there, but when you're, when you're as bad as the Vikings were last year, like not having a guy muff punts and and cough up games, that's big. Having a guy who can average more than four yards per punt return, like dead last in the NFL. That's like, you know, those will add up over the year. And then on top of that, the fact that like, you know, the Vikings, you know, they like to run mesh or, you know, like Jarius Wright made made all his money running crossing routes on third down. And D.D. Westbrook can uncover really easily because he's impossible to stick with in man coverage just because, like, there aren't a lot of guys as fast as him. So I think if he's healthy, which is a big if with him, but if he is healthy, there is, he does some good things. Um, he's not like a game changer, but when the competition for the wide, in the wide receiver room is Chad Beebe and Ola B. Johnson, I like his chances to win the wide receiver three job. I do think he's a, he's a, he's a step up from the bb's and the bc's of the world so i'm excited fire
1: then uh more catches this year more catches more yards uh dd or bb nick which one are you going with dd not close come on okay eric dd or bb where where are you at i'm
0: gonna
3: be contrarian i think bb
1: flip Uh, dd or bb where are
3: I think the fact that we're paying somebody a million dollars to ask this question is just everything. <laughs> yeah. Is that I like your point. Hey,
2: Hey, hey BB was a vet minimum signing too. I'm just throwing that out there. They wouldn't even, Here, they were like, yeah, do you want to go back for the absolute minimum. Okay. Let's, let's double down it. on the bad
3: signings. That'll fix everything. <laughs> the, the thing that Bebe's I think not gonna that make we, the,
0: the thing that I think that we like, that I like about this signing is, the thing I'm worried about the most with Pretty Minnesota much. is if if one of those two top receivers gets injured, like the Vikings have literally, like I think that he at least represents like an NFL caliber outside wide receiver, which like if you if one of those guys gets hurt and BB's your two, like I just don't know, but I, I do think BB takes yeah. like a decent amount of slot reps, to be honest, and you know that that could be. I mean, they're just—they were weird. They were weird about Jarius, right? They were weird with with Treadwell. They were—they've been weird before, and I think that this might be an example. But he does give
3: them depth that I think is important. We we got to move on because, like, we can't use <laughs> injuries as a reason that it's a good size. And he's more likely to get injured than Thielen or Jefferson. <laughs> like, do we got to go get. Do we? We got to go get another guy in case Didi gets injured now. How many guys? We got a sign for injury so, death. so flip, talk to me then.
1: State of the Vikings roster as we head into training camp. How are we feeling about things? How are we feeling about this team? We had a we had we had a spell there where we were the favorites to win the NFC North. You know, a short spell. Things things were hang looking the, good for hang us. it up, You got to hang that shit up. Uh, <laughs> talk to me, flip. How are we feeling yeah. about it? How are know, we feeling about the roster?
3: I think it's a good roster. It's real similar to how the vikings have built in this post kirk era we're in or during during kirk's <laughs> era in Minnesota. was that freudian flip oh. was that freudian uh, no but no <laughs> you know ton of talent at the top they have a starting 22 that can play with anybody in the league i truly believe that and then you have like that same young depth underneath so it's it's a roster that again can compete it has upside the question is Number one, who are the guys who are going to provide that upside? And then number two, you know, this team kind of has the same weaknesses as they did as the 2019 team. So they're just going to need a few players, whether it's an Irv Smith or a Cam Dansler or even like a, a Garrett Bradbury or a Steven Weatherly to be the upside, to kind of take us past what was achieved in 2019. That's kind of my opinion. Also, Dakota Dozier is still technically starting, so there is a limit to how excited you can be. Nick, yeah.
1: how do you feel about the team? You've you've, I'm written, good. you've, you've written quite a bit. Uh, we may have to try to put the link in the show notes. You, you wrote a, a a banger of a piece that that also moved markets. It's not just Eric moving markets. <laughs> Nick drops a piece talking about the Vikings. Lo and behold, the Vikings moved to favorites in the NFC North. Nothing with else electric, is going on in the news. Electric, I'm not yeah, sure what else happened. Life, life yeah, saving, Nick dropped so. an article. <laughs> and and it all changed.
2: Yeah, you know, I was on I was on an ESPN radio spot this morning and, and the host also agreed with me that the Vikings looked like a ten and seven team right now, which, you know, sometimes I get a little nervous that the homer is coming out. So when, when like objective third parties come out with the same takes, I, I feel a little bit more confident in myself. Yeah, I mean, top to bottom, I think this looks like this roster has um, it's a pretty complete roster. I like, you know, the, look, the guys they added in Hold free on, agency. Like, a you, homer take is 10 and seven. I, I I don't know. Look at the markets right now. They, they see it as like a nine win team. And, you know, you don't get more objective than the betting markets. So um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, look, you don't add uh, rookies and free agent cast offs. Don't turn you into a, a contending team. However, they can be the glue guys. That allowed the other blue chip talents on the team um, to to carry the team. And right now, I do think um, between Jefferson, between Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Daniil Hunter, Eric Hendricks, Harrison Smith, there is a lot of talent on this team, a lot of top end talent. And now that they've added, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson, now they've added Mackenzie Alexander, Bashad Breland, Patrick Peterson, you know, none of these guys has to be like elite players, but so long as they're just merely solid. And Eric Hendricks, Harrison Smith, Daniel Hunter, blah, 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 or like continue their level of play. That's a lot of ifs. Of course, a lot of things have to go right. But you can see that the Vikings are in a good spot where if they get the right breaks, I can see them winning playoff games. So I'm I'm happy. You know, Aaron Rodgers is back, so I'm I'm not going to be crazy and say they're favored to win the division or anything. But they've given themselves a fighting chance, which Spielman always likes to do. Um, and, and I like, you know, having some actual legitimate hope and not just, uh, uh we'll mail it in this year. So I'm feeling good. Don just asked a question, Nick.
1: I want to get your take on what, 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 what signing do you expect to be the most impactful?
2: Oh, that's a really good question. It's tough because, um, none of the guys I think are like amazing. Um, like the one. The one that I probably think has the highest potential is, or, or the one that I, I I personally think will be the most impactful, just because it's a premium position, is Patrick Peterson. That's also the one that I have the biggest questions about because so much depends on like what are they going to ask of him and you know how much is he going to continue to decline athletically? He's going to hit a point at some point in his career where he just can't like play anymore, and it kind of looked a little bit like he was looking like that last year in Arizona. Now they're going not going to be asking him to be doing the same things, but like. If they can get him to be, like, an above-average starting cornerback, that's extremely valuable. It's a lot more valuable than, like, like the upside. Dalvin Tomlinson, I'm pretty confident. I have a lot more confidence that Dalvin Tomlinson is going to be a good player. But, like, a good nose-slash-three-technique swing tackle is a lot less valuable than, like, an above-average outside cornerback. Patrick Peterson playing, you know, a 1,000 snaps or something out there. So... I feel like he has the potential to be the most impactful and I have a lot more confidence in Patrick Peterson um, playing above average than I do like say Xavier Woods or Mackenzie Alexander or DD Westbrook or any of the other guys they brought in. So, um, and especially considering, you know, that was my kind of like my, one of my long form pieces this off season was looking at what Patrick Peterson doesn't do well anymore. Look at what he still does. Well, look at what Mike Zimmer could do to retool him the same way he did with Terrence Newman. I feel like he's going to, he's the one that I would expect I would hope I would have the most confidence if I were a betting man, I bet on Peterson to be the biggest impact.
1: All right, Eric, last but not least, what is the state of this Vikings roster? How are you stacking them, I guess, first with the NFC North and then with the rest of the NFL?
0: Uh, It's like the Packers should be the favorite. I think that that's pretty clear. But Detroit's like not contending this year. Goff has... Uh, from what I, uh, what i've heard is looking terrible um so like that's like if you're the vikings like it's an nfc that's profoundly winnable like you look at you know tampa bay is the favorite i think they could run away and hide this year but, but we saw kansas city do that last year and, and you know that doesn't necessarily mean you win the super bowl and then um you know green bay should be sec you know green bay is i think the two in the nfc after that, like, do you really think the Vikings are all that much worse than the Rams? Like, you know, I, I Stafford – to me, Stafford's a coach killer. They just signed in. Like, they, I, was, I almost said something. But, like, I, I don't like necessarily all the moves the Rams have made. Um, uh, San Francisco might start a rookie for half the season. Um, Seattle, Seattle. And then the NFC East is kind of a, a dumpster. So, like, the, 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 the table set for the Vikings if they want to – you know, get up in that upper echelon. The problem is, is, I I think it's just like it's just difficult for for them because of you know the way that things are constructed. How many things they need to go right? Um, they they so I don't know. Like if a lot of th- if those things go right, if what Nick's saying, if you know Peterson becomes valuable, Dalvin Tomlinson becomes what they paid for, uh, Kirk has another career season, as does Jefferson and Cook. Like they can compete with anybody if any of one of those. Can things we throw goes Ryan smaller,
1: Ortega out of the chat?
0: How, how can we get
1: Ryan Ortega out of the chat? <laughs> if, <laughs> if that D.D. Westbrook if, if any, will be the most valuable signing and will take Thielen's job is certainly a take for us to have here uh, in July. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if, if any If any one
0: thing goes wrong for Minnesota, that's where I think that the the issues will come. Like like that's that's always yeah. the case. And um, but if if everything goes right, this is setting up to be. If they were in the AFC, it'd be different. Like, the NFC is, I think, a winnable conference.
1: All right, so Mary's made a couple comments, and Mary being the fan that she is when Mary says something, we got to talk about it on the show before we get out of here. Mary speaks. We got to listen. Mary's brought up the topic of leadership and that's something, you know, you can't, you know, It's not a spreadsheet for leadership. It's one of those things, you know, you know, flip will sometimes maybe refer to it as, you know, who who has the swagger, who's the person that are, the team is rallying around. But like flip, as you think about this team, as we go into, uh, this upcoming season, uh, yeah, who who are the leaders that you see kind of taking this team to to the next level? Because uh, we've we've you know talked at different points about there being maybe a, a void of leadership at times, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, what do, what are your thoughts as we get into this next season about kind of the leadership and 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 all that goes into that for for that side of the ball and for the team overall?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's the first year where I can't. Count on your boy, Kyle Rudolph, Jason, to, uh, to, be, to be the team captain. Uh, you know, real talk, I think the NFL can be a little too old school in how veterans have to be the leaders. I look at this team, I look at the personalities, what we see on Sundays. Um, you know, I'm not there in the locker room every day, but to me, the guys who have the most swagger and the guys who are the most vocal about how this team has to perform, it's Justin Jefferson, it's Dalvin Cook, it's Brian O'Neill. Those are, those are the three on offense. You want some on defense? You know, a lot of people saying Patrick Peterson steps into that role. I just don't like, you know, sure. If things go great, Patrick Peterson is going to help the young guys along. If things don't go well, Patrick Peterson is going to start thinking about where he's playing in 2022. So on defense, I kind of just automatically default to Harrison Smith and Eric Kendricks. Daniil Hunter, I hope he steps up. You know, he's always a leader on the field. But those are the core guys, in my opinion. All right. And Eric, you brought up O-line continuity. Is there anything
1: to, to continuity, I guess, on the other sides of the ball, or is it just like good players? If they stick around, like their team's good. If you have shitty players and they stick around, your team stays bad. Or does is there any signal in like keeping a group together over time? Do teams tend to get better, or worse? How does that usually go?
0: I think yeah, continuity matters. It's not as it's not as important as having good players though. Uh, offensive line, I think, is a different thing because offensive linemen, generally speaking, are not. Uh, you know, t- offensive line position is truly like the most, I think, um, le- weak link system. So, you know, having that weak link buoyed by being familiar is-, is a really important thing. Um, But, you know, that that's sort of what, I mean, th- that's what the Vikings are going up against this year. That is the one thing that all the, the people who are super positive about the team, you know, I-, I think that that's the one thing that they're overlooking is the fact that the offensive line – you know, it has never been all that great in the Cousins era, and now you lose your O-line coach and two starters. Like, you're, you're changing out two starters, I think one in a very important
1: position. All right. Yeah. Nick, bring us home. Final words. Continuity, leadership, anything in the chat. Whatever you want to say, Nick. You get the last word on the show.
2: Yeah, I, I think on the offensive line, it's that's the that's the point where even the homers are like, yeah, it's hard to be too optimistic about what we're going on there. The thing is, I think the offensive line is going to be really good, maybe in a few years. They've certainly got the potential. I mean, almost no team has invested more draft capital into the offensive line than the Vikings have over the past four years. So, I mean, they've got two first rounders, two second rounders and a third rounder right now. As the where else are you going to find undersized centers, Nick? not 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 you got it got that's you know you got to take those in the, in the first round I, yeah to be fair i do think bradbury does some insanely impressive things in the run game he gets asked to do crazy things and and he executes them very well and he's a key part of their run team i do think it's fair though asking whether that's worth um all the all the all the crap he brings in the past game where teams know they can exploit him you know and he can't even hold up against a linebacker like an off-ball linebacker at blitzing so um That's if you know, if you're looking at reasons for pessimism about about the Vikings, number one is the offensive line, and number two is the special teams. Um, because you know, they were historic nearly historically bad. I think they were the third worst in DVOA over the past decade, um, last year. And yeah, they got rid of Dan Bailey, but they replaced him with his journeyman, who's not really a starter himself. Um, they kept the same punter, so that's another reason to be a little, uh, uh, a little, uh, uh, pessimistic about this team, but. I, at the same time, you know, we'll end on a happier note. I do think with this off, they've, they had a good draft. Um, they, they really, they, I think consensus wise, they had, I think top 10 gra- draft by most draft grades. Um, they had a really good, um, free agency session. They added a lot of talented players, not nobody who's not going to necessarily be a game changer, but a lot of guys who are solid glue guys who are going to help, you know, keep the roster together. And I do think they have a lot of like pro bowl caliber players. I think Justin Jefferson has the potential to be, you know, emerge as like a really a top 10, maybe even top five wide receiver in the NFL this year. He certainly played at that level as a rookie. We'll see if he can keep it up. I think he can. Um, And to have Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Daniil Hunter, Eric Hendricks. This is a good team. It's got a lot of like high end talent. It's also got a lot of like solid starters. So I feel like this is a team that can go far. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to, to coaching. A lot of it is gonna come down to the offensive line. But um, you know, they have put themselves in a position where if things go right, very good things could happen. And so it's just a matter of will this be the year that they finally get some lucky breaks.
1: Kirktober could happen. <laughs> what 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 is Kirktober in January? What would what we, we just January? Yeah, that's
2: exactly it. We just Kirk-y-wery? need January. Kirk-u-ary. Not okay. not Kirktober, Kirkuary. Kirkuary is is what gets you to elite Joe Flacco dragon in the playoffs. That's you know that's all we yeah. need. There we go. That is. So we need January to, we need to just February. make the playoffs and
1: Kirkuary, <laughs> and it's Super Bowl baby, and Eric can take his number eight ranking and shove it. <laughs> that is it. That is all. That is the show. <laughs> Viewers, thanks for hanging out with us. Listeners, thanks for Break checking it out. Then. David, come on in, man. Tell the folks what's coming up and then play that music. Aha. Uh-huh. Well,
0: it is our preseason as well. We're trying to get over the bugs of making everything All right, everything Flip, you got to beatbox work. us out. So, <laughs> <laughs> but tomorrow night we'll have Vikings Happy Hour with
1: special guest. From Sports Illustrated, joining the show. Yes, indeed. Until Rabbit then, drink come through.
2: That's
1: until a tease, then. right there. Skull, everybody. Skull, go. Thank you for watching
0: or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Roll, everybody.